A spiritual gift, you see, is a, an ability or an aptitude or an attitude which God has given each one of us to use. God has given you that gift, a spiritual gift. Reality of being spiritual is, yes, to confess Christ and to be united in a common confession. But it's more than that. To be spiritual means to embrace the marvel of a great diversity in God's church. To see the beauty in the various gifts given by God for each, just as He determined. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with Rock Solid Hope in Rim Country. January 20th, 2019. 1 Corinthians 12, 1-11. My wife and I like to give our kids a special matching gift in their stockings each year. So we try to pick out something that they can all together enjoy, whether it's flashlights or a box of crayons or kazoos, something they'll enjoy. And sometimes it's a bit of a challenge when there's a unique aspect to those individual gifts. Maybe they're, for example, in different colors. So we'll sit together and we'll think, okay, we better give this guy the the blue one. Oh, his brother's probably going to want that yellow one. And sure enough, we watch the next day as we watch them open the gifts and they immediately begin to compare the different colors they got and we get to see if we got it right. Sometimes it's even more challenging. For example, this past year we got them a set of Western toy figurines, 100 pieces, So we had to divvy those up between the seven of them and decide who gets what. There are two stagecoaches. Who gets them? Who gets the the teepees? Oh, should we give them all the same number of fences? And sure enough, immediately after receiving those gifts, they began to compare. Some were really quite pleased with the pieces they received. Others felt maybe they got the short end of the deal. And still, others didn't even know what a teepee was or why their brother was so jealous of their figure cowboy. Does that sort of thing ever happen in the church? God has, after all, given us spiritual gifts, and each one of us, just as he determined, unique and different between all of us. Well, this morning we look at how we are to view these gifts as we begin a sermon series today, We're going to be going through the latter portion of the book of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to see what it means to be spiritual. And as we do so, we'll see how to be spiritual means to embrace diverse gifts. The Corinthian Christians evidently struggled with diversity. We see that from the very start of Paul's letter to them, that there were divisions and factions among them for various reasons. And as we get towards the end of Paul's letter, we see some of those divisions were caused even by the gifts which God had given them. We see that as we look at Paul dealing with this struggle, as apparently some of them were causing arguments or factions because of those gifts. Paul begins by, first of all, reminding them of what they had in common. He points out to the Corinthian believers, many who were Gentiles, he says, I want you to know that, not to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, at one time you were pagans, unbelievers, 
influenced by stray and mute idols, strange idols. See, they had all something certainly in common, and it's that they came from darkness and had not known what it was to have God's goodness and his gifts. But now, Paul reminds them, they have something even greater, something even better in common. He says, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Despite their differences, they all had this much in common. They were now those who confessed the name of Jesus. And they confessed that because the Holy Spirit had called them to faith. And so by the Spirit's working, they were all united in that common confession in one. And yet even with this common confession, saying Jesus is Lord, differences would come up. They shouldn't have because they together said, Jesus is Lord. To say Jesus is Lord is to say he is the one that fulfilled all the prophecies, who spoke through the prophets, who created this world. To say Jesus is Lord is to proclaim him as our Savior, God. He is the one who holds authority and forgiveness of sins. He is the Lord who bought us back from our sins by his blood, redeemed us. To say Jesus is Lord is to join the Apostle Thomas in saying to the risen Lord, my Lord and my God. This ought to bring God's people together. And yet, in the Corinthian congregation, we see there were divisions. Some of those divisions, yes, were because of a poor confession. Some ended up with false teaching and some with sinful life. But other divisions were caused by good gifts, gifts given by the Holy Spirit, given to people who shared in a common confession. Same with us, isn't it? We are those who are blessed to be united together in faith, and we share a common confession, Jesus is Lord, and work together as a body of believers. And yet there are differences, aren't there, between us? Differences even in what God has equipped us with and given to each of us. It says, Now to each one a manifestation of the Spirit is given. And there are different kinds of gifts from the same Spirit. Now you and I probably don't have the same spiritual gifts which the Corinthian believers had. We actually see it's quite evident that some of the gifts of the Spirit are no longer as prevalent as they had been in God's church. After all, it says, to each one the Spirit gives just as he determines. It's pretty clear the Spirit doesn't today give quite as many gifts of, for example, miraculous healing or perhaps speaking in tongues. But he does give a gift to each one of us. A spiritual gift, you see, is a, an ability or an aptitude or an attitude which God has given each one of us to use to serve him in his kingdom. And it's a unique gift which all of us have. You see, the, the gifts that Paul lists here in 1 Corinthians 12, there's about nine of them, isn't a complete listing of gifts, but he lists other things here. Gifts of discernment, that is judging between those who teach the truth and those who do not. Gifts of wisdom. To another, he says, there are also gifts of faith. 
That is, having a faith beyond just saving faith, but a confidence in a God who can move mountains. Still, in other places, Scripture gives other listings of other spiritual gifts, which we probably find more common among us. In other places, Paul talks about gifts such as the gift of encouragement, the gifts of giving, the gifts of prayer, and also the gifts of administration and teaching. We see those, don't we? Each one, it says of us, has a spiritual gift. At least one. Are you someone that likes to sing? Do you like to sing to praise Jesus and to build up others in faith? If so, you have a spiritual gift. Are you someone who likes to serve with your hands and perhaps likes to repair things or maintain things? That's an ordinary gift. But if you use that gift for the good of God's church and service in his name and to his glory, consider it a spiritual gift used and given by God. And are you someone who likes to encourage others? Certainly there are a lot of encouraging people in this world. But if you're the one who encourages others in Christ and builds them up in faith so they don't despair but uses your words to build up others, consider yourself having the gift of encouragement. And maybe you like to administer and to pull things together and organize. Certainly it could be an ordinary earthly gift that you might use. But if you use it for the good of God's kingdom, to make sure that everything functions properly in the church, God has given you that gift, a spiritual gift. And still others, Paul says, in teaching. And still others in giving generously to maintain, to make sure that the ministry can be carried on of the gospel. Give generously. The spiritual gifts that he gives us, it says, he gives to each of them just as he determines. That was the case in the early church in Corinth. It appears that with their various gifts, some had the gift of prophecy, but another would come along with the gift of healing and would one-up the gift of prophecy and say that he's somehow more important. And still another would speak out in tons and he would put a show that made a display that he was even better than the one who had the gift of healing with his direct connection and so on. And so Paul has to write to them saying, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. These are to be used not to divide, but to build. And so Paul begins by explaining one very important truth regarding these spiritual gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Just as the Corinthian Christians didn't see that their gifts were all from God, for God, and worked by God, we can begin to lose sight of that, can't we? A Christian church might have someone who is gifted with the gift of service. And they maybe use their gift to serve their church in some way or another, perhaps building something with their hands or working with their hands. But another with the gift of service is skilled in craftsmanship and rather than seeing how much another accomplishes, can only critique how poor of a job they think they've done. Or maybe someone with an artistic gift serves in the area of music, but someone else with the same type of gift critiques another because it's not their style or their ability. 
We all have different gifts. And still yet, maybe someone else that's gifted in the area of administration finds that another is building a faction against them because they don't approve of their use of their gift of administration, even though they're serving faithfully in God's church, using whatever gifts God has given. I'm sure you've seen it before. Within a congregation, with a common confession, with those who have the Holy Spirit and belong to the body of believers, needless divisions arise. Jealousy can come up. One position can stand against another because their gift doesn't line with another's gift. One person can say that that's not the way I'm used to doing it, so they tear down the use of another spiritual gift. I've seen it happen in Christian churches the sadness of the divisions that can arise. You know, there's a funny TV commercial that came out a few years ago, and it depicts this type of a needless division that can come up. The company presented this young man in his 20s who was serving in his office, and the office work environment had a lot of apparent divisions. But what made him stand out is he had his man bun, that is that that piece of hair styled on the top of his head so that on top of his business attire he stood out as the envy of all of his co-workers. Of course we find it kind of ridiculous. The guy though when he saw some other workers those who were you know of that other part of the office clique and those in their 50s and 60s coming his way he quickly took out his scissors and cut off his man bun. And then you saw why because as his co-workers belonging to another group came by, they too had man buns. He didn't want to be like them. And of course, we, we find this to be ridiculous, that because of style or age, that there be differences. They're working for the same company. They're in the same goal. But isn't that what happens in the Christian church? When divisions arise because of different variances in gifts and how people use those gifts. The Apostle Paul points us to the solution when he says, they're all from the same Lord. Different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. When one person tears down the use of another person's gifts, they lose sight of that gift was given by the same Holy Spirit who gave them their gift. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. When one person begins to think that their calling, their use of their gift is a higher calling than that of another, they lose sight of who they're serving. The same person that they'd be building a faction or division against, both are serving the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all people. When someone loses sight of the fact that what spiritual gift they have and work is actually worked through them by God, they can begin to critique or become jealous or build a faction against another. But Paul says it's the same God working behind it all. So the Spirit and Jesus our Lord and God our Father is behind these spiritual gifts. Paul points out what we need to keep in mind when it comes to the various gifts. To each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. He lists all the various gifts and says God gives them as each determines. And really, when it comes down to the things that unite us, 
Isn't the greatest gift what brings us all together? Because even with our earthly, ordinary gifts and skills, we have abused the gifts. We have worked to use whatever abilities and skills God has given us to build ourselves up and to create divisions with other people. And rather than using our ordinary and spiritual gifts to serve our God, we sometimes use them as we not ought to create division between us and division between us and our God. And yet the greatest gift is that we, like the Corinthians, can confess Jesus is Lord by the Spirit's working. The greatest gift is that God came to this world, our Lord, to bring us unity. That Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth and though he saw division, he came to bring peace. Peace between us and our God. And by paying the price for all of our strife, all of our division, shed his blood for us to make us one. This is the greatest gift. Because like the Corinthians, we too at one time were apart from this gift. We too at one time were those who did not know the Lord. By nature, born in sin and enemies of God, he has made us one in his kingdom. And so the gifts that we now have, we view entirely differently. What does it mean to be spiritual? It means to view these gifts in a whole new light. Are you someone that uses perhaps your gifts of your hands to serve God's church? Together, we proclaim Christ as Lord, the God who redeemed us from sin and our living Savior. Together, the one who serves by maybe perhaps, for example, setting up communion, uses their hands to help us proclaim Christ as Lord. And together, the one who comes and makes sure that the building is maintained is proclaiming Christ as Lord with his gifts and making sure that things run smoothly. And together, the one who serves in administration is helping us together say Christ is Lord as they allow us to carry out our ministry together. And two, the one who sits in the pew and gives generously allows the heat to be paid for and the buildings to function so we can say Christ is Lord as each one uses their various gifts all for the common good. And we also can't forget when these gifts are given, they're not given at random or without purpose. They're not given thoughtlessly like a parent giving their children a bunch of kazoos. No, these gifts are given with a good purpose and good intent. You know, sometimes I'll take my children to McDonald's and I'll give them a Happy Meal, each one of them. Not often, but just for the fun of it, we'll do that. But you'll notice when, when you open those Happy Meals, they don't seem to specially pick out who gets what gift. In fact, sometimes... One after another, as they open up their Happy Meals, they'll see they got the same plastic toy. And sometimes, two or three will get the cool toy, and the rest of them will get that piece of junk toy that nobody really wants. It seems like the employees just randomly toss in various toys for the children to receive. But that's not how God works, is it? The spiritual gifts that he gives us, it says, he gives to each of them just as he determines. Whatever gift you have, it's to serve your Lord. And God gave it for that purpose, to glorify the one you confess. And together with all of God's people, to work together in proclaiming his name. See, the 
reality of being spiritual is, yes, to confess Christ and to be united in a common confession. But it's more than that. To be spiritual means to embrace the marvel of a great diversity in God's church. To see the beauty and the various gifts given by God for each, just as he determined. To be spiritual means to embrace a diversity of gifts. Amen.